If you haven't turned in your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm chapter 119. Remember, it's probably right in the center of it. If you just open it, you'll probably land there. We're going to read it together, then we're going to pray, and then kind of unpack the Scripture and learn from it this morning. So, let us read Psalm 119. This is the fourth section. Somebody, Ben Russell, came up to me and he's like, it's part four today, right? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, how many parts are we doing? (laughs) I said, there's 22, so we don't know. And Ben's like, we're going to be here for a while, aren't we? <laughs> so, and I, and I, I don't know if Ben caught it, but I was like, you know me, Ben. It's going to be a long time. Because <laughs> how, how many weeks through Mark did we take? 42, was it? So, Psalm 119, we can go 22. So, But it's been good. I hope it's been encouraging to you, just focusing on God's Word and what a beautiful book it is. Um, so let's... Look what the psalmist writes in Psalm 119, starting in verse 25. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I gave an account of my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding." Let's pray together this morning. God, thank You so much for allowing us to gather together to worship You through song, through worship and remembering You as Savior, and now to come to Your Word to learn from it and to be strengthened in our faith, to be challenged in our faith. Help us to trust that Your Word is true, because it is. Your Word is powerful, it's alive. Help us not to take these next few moments for granted. I pray that we would put away the distractions in our minds, the distractions of the the day, the week ahead. And help us to focus on Your Word and what You have for us today. Thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. This week I was reading in the Hearts of Fire book they put out. It's eight testimonies of women that have been persecuted for their faith in other countries. And I was reading a story The testimony of uh, Tara, I think was her name, from Pakistan in 1985 when it happened. I think she was 12 years old and she found this, she she came across this flyer that said, uh, send it in the mail and we'll send you a study book. So she sent it in and she received a package, secret package, and the 
mailman or the deliverer of the, the house gave it to her. And when she opened it up, she had to go to her closet to open it up. And she opened it up and on the beginning cover of that book, it said Genesis. So she started at 12 years old sending these things in and getting these studies from Genesis to Revelation. She studied it, what this company was sending her. And then she finally got a package from them and she opened it up and it was this blue book with gold on the outside. It was the Bible. The complete Bible, Genesis to Revelation. And she looked at it and she said, that is a beautiful book. And then she studied that thing. And what was the question we're talking about from this Psalm 119? What's our overall question? What do we do with this beautiful book? I know the picture of that was... She looked at it and said, that's a beautiful book because of how it looked. But then she started studying it like she already did. And what did she understand fully? That it is a beautiful book. Because we learn about God. We learn about who we are and we learn about a Savior that came and died for us. And then when you read stories of people actually studying this, and living it out, and what happens to them? They're tortured, they're beaten, their, their families are ripped apart. They don't even know their families anymore because she was in a Muslim family and her parents were like, we don't want you anymore because you're a Christian. But what do we do with this book? Do we think about others when we think about this book? Howard and William Hendricks wrote this, There's no question that believers need to sit under the teaching of God's Word, but that ought to be a stimulus, not a substitute for getting into it for ourselves. Some people may go to somebody teaching it and say, that's what I need. But they go home and never open it. I was in that category when I was young. I was like, I'm learning it at school. I don't need it at home. <laughs> I don't need it to read it for myself. But it's not a substitute. Josh McDowell wrote this, To truly sense the power of Scripture is to be captivated by its author, capital A, and to develop a true love for Him and a longing to know the deep meaning of the words He has recorded for you. When we truly understand and experience the power and reliability of Scripture, our hearts will burn within us. This is because we are not simply talking about recorded history and stories of biblical characters. We are talking about a book that is strangely alive. I love those words by Josh McDowell. We are talking about a book that is strangely alive. I wonder where he got that wording. Hebrews chapter 4, it's active and alive. The Word of God is. So we come to this section in Psalm 119, and the psalmist has this understanding that the God's Word, the law, the precepts, statutes, remember there's a 
synonyms for the same thing that he's talking about. And he's giving us what powerful things that the Word of God does. God's laws, precepts. And this is the Hebrew word dalet, or dalet. Remember in the Hebrew, all the first letters of this section would start with that Hebrew letter. So we come to this, and I want the focus of this one to be this. Grow in your understanding of God's Word, the Holy Bible. And how do we do that? We hold on to a teachable attitude, and we hold on to the importance of God's Word for life, or how we live. So those are the two questions we're going to look at today. So the first one, how can we grow in our understanding? The first one is hold on to a teachable attitude. Do you like to be taught how to do something? Or do you like to learn it on your own? Who likes to be taught? Who likes to be just learn it on your own? Okay, You could go both ways sometimes. Um, I'm not one to, I, when I try to learn it on my own, I get so frustrated, I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do it, and I give up. And I probably never go back to it because I don't know how to do it. But if I'm taught something, I usually catch on pretty quickly and I learn it. Maybe not as good as the teacher, but I learn how to do it. But we have to have a teachable attitude. And just look. Now today, I just want Scripture to speak again because this section gives us words that are like, that is just (laughs) self-explanatory. It's just, that's how it's done. And the psalmist lays it out for us. Look at, hold on to a teachable attitude. We're going to start in verse 25. Right off the bat, he says, I am laid low in the dust. And you're like, what does that mean? You know what that means to me? He can't do life on his own. (laughs) He needs help. Do we need help? And another question to come off that question is, where do we go for help? And the psalmist answers his own kind of, it's not a question, but he answers it for us. He's like, I'm laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. Your word gives preservation for life. And he has a teachable attitude. Then he keeps going. Look what he says. I gave an account of my ways and you answered me. And what does he say? Teach me your decrees. Again, he's saying, I'm giving you my account. This is my life. And what did he just say? I'm laid low in the dust. I've given you the account of my ways, God, and you answered me. Just continue to teach me. Keep teaching me your decrees. Don't stop teaching me. Is that a teachable attitude if you keep saying that? Teach me, teach me. Verse 27, go on. Again, this, I think it's a, similar to teach. He says, cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. So he's just basically calling out to the Lord and saying, I want to understand. I want to understand your precepts. So I can, you know, meditate on what you have done. Okay? Do you ever just stop and say, God, you have done so much. And then you start uh, meditating on the wonderful deeds that God has done, maybe in your own life, but also just as a whole, right? He's created this beautiful, massive universe, which... When I see something I haven't seen before, I'm like, I have never seen that before. Thank you, Lord, for help letting me see that today. 
Because it's a wonderful thing. He's done a lot of things. And this psalmist is saying, cause me to understand, so that I may do that. And then verse 29, skip down to verse 29, he says, keep me from deceitful ways, be gracious to me. And what does he say again? Teach me your law. Now, he's just, I mean, we probably learned it in the previous three, there was probably some teach me, teach me, teach me. He's constantly wanting to learn and grow and understand God's laws. And then verse 32, skip down there. He says, I run in the path of your commands, and I like this ending statement, for you have broadened my understanding. I think that's a teachable attitude. Don't you believe so? If he's giving God credit and saying, you have broadened my understanding, only you did that, not my own. So God is teaching this psalmist, and I think we have to have a teachable attitude as well. I was playing basketball this past week, and um, a high schooler comes up to me, or at the end, I'm going to revert that because that's the wrong, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I was observing, sorry. I was talking to the other uh, adults that I played with. He knows the kid. He goes to the high school, Fellowship Baptist Academy. He goes to the high school, and um, Mike's his name. He says, hey, to the kid, come over here. Your shot could be a lot better if you didn't do this certain thing. And the player, what did the young man do? Did he say, no, 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 I don't need to listen to you. What did he do? He had a teachable attitude and he was listening to this guy teach him what he was doing and how to change the way he was shooting. That's a teachable attitude. We have to have a teachable attitude when it comes to this beautiful book. Because if I went around the room and called out your name, which I'm not going to do, and I say, hey, do you understand this book completely? Do you think anybody in this room is going to say yes? You don't have to answer that, but... I don't think anybody's going to say, yes, I understand it completely. But God teaches us through His Word, but we have to be willing to say, like the psalmist, teach me. Teach me. Broaden my understanding. So hold on to a teachable attitude. The second one is hold on to the importance of God's Word for life. And we're going back to verse 25. And we're just going to run through it here. Verse 25, it says, I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your Word. Nothing else. God's Word is important. And I don't ever want to say, or in my own life, to say, well, that's not important for me. I can put it on the shelf for a while. No. The psalmist is saying, I am laid low in the dust. Hey, preserve my life according to Your Word, God. So it's important for life. He goes on in 27. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. The understanding of God's precepts helps us to meditate on His wonderful deeds. It's important for living. We want to meditate on what God has done. And then he goes on to 28. What does it say? He's weary with sorrow and he says, Strengthen me according to your word. 
Your word, Lord, is going to give me strength. And you know what Jesus said when he was teaching about weariness and sorrow? Remember Jesus, who is he? He's the word, right? And what did he teach to the people when they were weary and sorrow? He says, come to me. Come to me. I am gentle and lowly. I'm going to give you strength, right? If you're weak and heavy laden, bring it to me. The word is saying that, and the psalmist here is saying, strengthen me according to your word, God. Such a powerful word. And then he goes on, verse 29. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me. Teach me your law. What is going to happen if we learn God's law? Is it going to keep us from deceitful ways? And you should say, we should all say, yes, it's going to help us to not get into the wrong things or to not be deceived by Satan, which is, somebody in Sunday school said it, the father of what? Lies. Are we going to read God's Word and study it and uh, tell, tell God to teach us because we don't want to be deceived by those deceitful ways? And then you get to verse 30. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. Where is this psalmist setting his heart, which is basically his whole life? Where is he setting his life on? God's laws. His word, what he is teaching, what he's presented to the people. Verse 31, I hold fast to your statutes. Don't let me be put to shame. What's he holding fast to? God's statutes, his words. And then verse 32, ending this section, I run in the path of your commands. He's running in the path of God's commands. This is where he wants to run. I'm not a runner. I like to run on the basketball court, but I don't just go out and run. But this psalmist is running on the path of God's commands. He's, that's his path. So you see that God's Word is important for life, for living. If we don't know the way to go, then we're probably going to be deceived. But if we know the ways, the commands, the path that leads to life, we're probably going to be taught by God and we're probably going to be strengthened by God's Word. We're going to be preserved. We're going to learn and we're going to grow. Right? I don't take the Bible lightly. You know, Thursday mornings we read together. We don't take it lightly when we study God's Word together. We may laugh and have fun, but when it comes to discussing God's Word, we're serious. We're serious. In Sunday school, we're serious about talking about God's Word. In prayer meeting and Bible study, when we bring up God's Word, we're serious about it. You know, with with our kids at home, we're serious about when it comes to God's Word. I hope it is with you all. But hold on to a teachable attitude, and God's Word is important for life. And then remember our takeaway, because... I'm getting to, to a key verse here that is very powerful to me this week, and I hope it's powerful today. The takeaway, again, 
How can we grow in our understanding of God's Word? Hold on to a teachable attitude and hold on to the importance of God's Word for life, for living. That's our, what we want to take away from today. But there's a perfect verse that I saw this week, which is, I think, the key verse here for an invitation. If you're reading God's Word, you're, we're, I think we're always invited to do something when we're reading God's Word. Look at verse 30. Okay, I think I have it on the screen. If not, nope, don't say that yet. Okay. Verse 30, what does it say? Okay, he gets to verse 30. He says what? What's the first word? I. Everybody shout that out. I. You're talking about yourself now, okay? This is for us. We're all talking about ourselves. I, okay? Look at the psalmist and ourselves. If you haven't done this, maybe you can think about it. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. What did he do, the psalmist? He made a choice. How many choices do we make a day? (laughs) Probably too many we can count. But I have chosen the way of faithfulness. Look at a few other translations which maybe some of you have in your laps right now. The King James Version says, I have chosen the way of truth. The New American Standard Bible says, I have chosen the faithful way. The New English Translation says, I choose the path of faithfulness. The New Living Translation says, I have chosen to be faithful. And then the message translation or paraphrase, Eugene Peterson put it this way, I choose the true road to somewhere, capital S. Do you notice what the psalmist is trying to say? This week I, I think I understand what he's trying to say. He says, I have made a choice to the path of faithfulness, to the path of truth, to the path that leads to life. I am laid low in the dust. I can't do it on my own. I'm choosing the way of faithfulness. It's only God who is faithful enough to do it. I can't do it on my own. And then you get Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So I want to challenge you with this before we get into the couple more verses. There is a choice to be made by each of us. Every week we have, I give an invitation, but this is a, everybody has to make a choice. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. What does that say? I can't do it on my own. I can't lean on my own understanding. Because what happens when I lean on my own understanding? The paths are what? Very, very crooked. And I don't know where I'm going. But if we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, remember what does the psalmist say in verse 
the next ver where is it? It's in here. I don't want to miss it because I read it. Oh, the next half of the verse 30. Sorry. I've set my heart on your laws. His whole life. That heart word is the comprehending mind, your soul, your will, everything. Okay? And what's this say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. So you get... Now this is... I just made this connection. Remember that one of the Eastern Orthodox traditions, it could be that David was teaching this psalm to Solomon. And who's writing this? Solomon to his son. You think Solomon learned from his father? I love the Holy Spirit. Uh, And from Genesis to Revelation, what is it? It's a story, and people are in the story, but it all connects. And what did Josh McDowell say? To truly sense the power of Scripture is to be captivated by its author, capital A, which is who? God. And to develop a true love for Him and a longing to know the deep meaning of the words He has recorded. When we truly understand and experience the power and reliability of Scripture, our hearts will burn within us. This is because we're not simply talking about recorded history and stories of biblical characters. We are talking about a book that is strangely alive. I don't know about you, but I love those moments that just happened when you're centered on God's Word, when you're studying it, and you're like, wow. God, you inspired writers to write it down for us. Matthew chapter 7. One of my favorite passages because there's a choice everybody has to make. Enter through the narrow gate... For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate. Small is the gate. And narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Now I don't think the NIV does it justice because I like the, I think the English standard version. Anybody have the English standard version? I'm calling you out if you do. Anybody? English standard version? Oh, you have it today. I don't want to, are you okay with reading that aloud? I think the ESV says what I want it to say, (laughs) which which I know these words mean it, but. The way to destruction is what? Easy. 
The way that leads to life is what? Hard. August 23rd, hearts of fire, testimonies. The way that leads to life is hard and difficult, suffering. We don't see it in our own lives because we live in America. I told a friend the other day, I'm like, I think, no, I said I believe that one day we're going to feel it in America. We're going to know what it feels like. But we don't know yet because there's people around the world that take this beautiful book very seriously and they're like, I don't care what happens to me. I'm not going to forget this. I'm not going to forget living for my Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm not going to... And sometimes they lose their life. They lose their husbands. They lose their wives. They lose their kids because of this. Sometimes it's only because they have it with them. That's all. Can you carry this into a grocery store and not be persecuted in America? Somebody carries this in another country that doesn't like Christianity, what happens to them? Even just carrying this beautiful book. They get thrown in prison. They get killed. That's why hearts of fire, those testimonies that we hear or we read about, we can't take this lightly. There's a choice to be made. Today, there's just a simple thing. I don't think I didn't put it on the screen. I don't think. Yeah, we're not going to read that scripture because there's three things. The first one is choose. Everybody say choose. Choose the word Jesus. The second thing is hold fast to the word Jesus. And then the third one is run to the word Jesus. He's the word, became flesh, dwelt among us. And what did it lead him to? The cross. We have to make a choice. We can choose Jesus or not. We can hold fast to Jesus or not. We could run to Jesus or not. But each of us has to make a choice because the psalmist wrote, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. We have to know that. We have to make the choice for ourselves. I would like to look at you and say, hey, I made the choice for you. You're good. I made it for you. You're good. But I can't do that. Nobody can do that. So choose Jesus. Hold fast to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Because He is gracious, kind, compassionate, enough to go die on the cross for you. And I'm thankful for that. That's why I come up here every Sunday and I don't want to take this beautiful book lightly and forget who's it centered around. Jesus. So if you need to make a choice, don't go another day. 
We say, I have another day left. I could do it tomorrow. But sometimes we don't know. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. So choose Jesus. Hold fast to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Wherever you are in your faith journey, I think we can all do at least one of those. Whether you've been a Christian for a long time, you can still hold fast to Jesus, can't you? If you've been a Christian a long time or not, and you've struggled, who can you run to? Jesus. If you're like, I'm laid low in the dust, I can't do it on my own, and I need a Savior, what can you do today? Choose Jesus. Say, I need you, Jesus, to help me. And then the most beautiful picture I can ever imagine And from the Bible, the best picture in my mind, what happens in baptism? You're raised to a new life. No longer in sin. You're dead to sin, alive in Christ. You're forgiven. The Holy Spirit comes on you and there's power in the Spirit. Okay? We may not realize it, but there is a lot of power in the Holy Spirit. When He comes in your life, It changes you. It gives you a new mindset. You're not living on the flesh anymore. You're living on the Spirit. And your mind is focused on God. And that's what this psalmist is trying to tell us. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. And I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. That's what I think he's saying to us today. So make a choice if you have to because I think we need to make a choice every day. And we probably make many of them, and we don't even realize it. But you can make one today that will mean eternal difference. So pray with me. God, we come to You. We're thankful that You have given us Your Word. You're gracious. You're kind. We pray that Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we thank You for the Holy Spirit. And I pray that the Spirit will guide us along the path that leads to life. And thank You, Jesus, for going to the cross to save Your people from their sins. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen.